When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself Self a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. We analyze it. We dive deep into all of the art. Uh, Vince and I are big fans of art. We like uh, to consume it, and uh, we're very smart people, uh, as you can tell if you've ever listened to this I'm podcast. I'm a professional critic, damn you. You actually are, yeah. <laughs> and that's the sad thing <laughs> about know. you having me as your co-host, because uh, I am uh, not a professional Look, there's critic. nothing professional about us. There's no, there's no secret sauce. That's true. There's nothing at all. You just kind of, one day, you buy a little Zoom recorder, and you're like, fine, I'll watch a show. And then well, I meant talk about, about it. I meant about critics, but yeah, same deal. I feel like every critic that I've met other than you is just the critic from The Simpsons. It's like, I feel like to be a critic, there's a requirement that you don't understand contexts of things. So, mm -hmm. you know, you watch like an action movie and then you criticize uh, like the lack of character development or, th or something right. like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like, they don't try yeah. to understand what the thing wants to be. They just uh, criticize mm -hmm. whatever they think it should be. Yeah, I don't understand the subtext of Aquaman. Kill yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> today, our guest uh, is an activist. Uh, she works with the Working Families Party, a uh, New Yorker. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Nalini Stamp. How you doing, Nalini? I'm good. How y'all guys doing? doing I'm so great. happy to be on this. <laughs> I'm really happy that you're on this. You you were uh, we have a mutual friend who was a previous guest, Raphael, and said mm -hmm. uh, you should be on this podcast uh, because you're a huge fan of The Sopranos. And we are we yeah. are like, hell, yeah, dude, we saw that blue check mark and we're like, oh, hell, yeah. <laughs> you know, Matt, Matt lost his blue check for impersonating I, Joe Biden. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not impersonate what? Joe Biden. <laughs> Raphael was the one who got me my blue check. So. Oh, damn. Well, <laughs> yeah. maybe I need to ask him to get mine back. I, I lost my blue check mark because I impersonated the New York Times opinion. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it was right before they did um, their endorsement. Uh, like, who are, who are they going to endorse? And I just... I just said I was New York Times opinion and I copied all of their, their like header and their avatar. And I was like, you hogs know we're picking Warren, right? And and everyone thought it was actually New York Times who said, who called our the readers hogs. So, and, then, uh, and then one of our listeners emailed uh, us. And for, for Matt so loved posting that he gave his one begotten blue check mark. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
mean, it was better than what they did. So. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They decided amazing. to they decided to split their own vote. Um, However bad you thought their endorsement was going to be, they figured out a way to make it worse. Yeah, you almost <laughs> credit where credit is due. Who'd have thought that an endorsement could be so meaningless? Yeah. <laughs> well, also you can't endorse two people. Like well, that's the number one rule of endorsement. It's not a. <laughs> it's not a fucking listicle. Yeah. Yeah, never no. Have done it if it was a man. If it was if a man, was no men, way. They would have never done it. So yeah. like, that's just awesome. Like, we love women also, so much that we can't. Fuck. Yeah. We so love women that we can't choose one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could just pick all of them. Well, yeah. you can't. <laughs> um, yeah. It was. It was pretty incredible because they were just like, hmm, what equals to one man? Two women. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyways, politics aside, no, yeah. never, oh. never politics aside. Um, Nalini, uh, so you are a fan of The Sopranos. You recently, you just showed us uh, your, you have a season one on VHS. That's crazy. Wow. A box. It is, it like, is the old, a box set of The Sopranos. Wow. <laughs> season one on VHS all the way through episode 13. So I've watched it since I was a kid. I My, my, my family was never like, you can't watch, like, yeah. you just cover my eyes if they you know, but I would, mm -hmm. I could hear. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a fan for a long time. And also my grandfather was actually a bookie for the mafia. So it's actually very close to what? Um, yeah. Car uh, old school Carol Gardens, bodega owner who, you know, we, yeah, we ran the numbers. Nice. <laughs> you know, I don't know, think that I ever established my own bona fides, which was that my great grandfather uh, was a bootlegger may have been uh slightly connected and he he also died in the most italian way possible which was that choked he, on spaghetti no no <laughs> he was he was trying to watch a uh, an accordion concert uh in, in i forget which park in the in the bit in san francisco he was trying to watch an accordion concert and he fell out of a tree and, <laughs> and, they, never, and they never recovered he yeah. died yeah, from falling yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my mom's partner for a long time, but the partner that raised me, she was Italian and Irish. Like off the boat, my granny was from fucking Cork, Ireland, and like family was from Sicily, like Damn. adopted wise. So I'm this like Puerto Rican Belizean woman who like I make Sunday dinners and I make <laughs> the meat sauce all day. Nice. So like I'm very like I grew up with the Italian and Irish culture very much ingrained in me. So that's that's beautiful. I, I learned to say Bafangul before I said anything else. Nice. That's my favorite. I, I, I love to tell people Bafangul and that you really gotta you gotta elongate the ghoul as long as you yeah. can. Bafangul yeah. and then like all, all the all the the symbols like this. Yeah. Like this, like oh yeah. Always, uh, and yeah. people were like, What are you doing? You're Puerto Rican. Yeah. It it works. Yeah. I was like, sure. At this point, I don't think I don't think it's possible. Like, it, Italian culture has been integrated so hard into Americana that I don't think it's possible to do cultural appropriation of Italian Americans. I just feel like it's just. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's just fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Before we get into this episode, uh, first things first, uh, we are of course going to be playing you the theme song. But before you do that. Since this is the season finale, uh, I just want to one more time encourage every listener mm. of this show 
to go on iTunes and please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Listen, it's a free podcast, right? You listen every week. And every week, you just feed and feed. You're like a little parasite. Well, today, I'm offering you a chance to stop being a little parasite and just give us a little review, you know? That's all we ask. Just go to iTunes You can be a made listener. We'll give you your button. Yeah, we'll give you your button. (laughs) All you have to do is just give us those five stars and be like, hey, I like this podcast. We'll give you your like button. Exactly, exactly. So please do that. And without further ado, it is time to play the theme song. You have to burn a picture of Matt's Twitter avatar in your hand. Uh, you have to let it burn in right. your hand. That's like you... a saint? Is that like yeah. burning a saint? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful theme song. Should be an award-winning show. Um, So today we are going to be talking about the season two finale of The Sopranos from season two, episode 13, Funhouse. This episode premiered April 9th, 2000. And you know what, Vince? I think it's time that people heard a little bit of cultural context. What was happening around the time that this episode came out? Oh, you're talking about the Remember When machine? I am talking about the Remember When machine. What? Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. <laughs> I knew I you'd sneak it. in a record scratch sound effect on me. Um, yeah, well, yeah. you know, I, I am new at audio editing, so. Yeah, that's your star wipe. Um, we're going all the way back to April 9th, 2000, 20 years ago. Uh, some of the headlines of the day uh, on that day uh, from the New York Post. Thin's no longer in for British models. A war against waifish supermodels has been declared by the British government, which claims the fashionable ultra-thin look has turned healthy women into sickly basket cases. What the fuck? This is... I'm sorry. Did you say this was the New York Post? That's the New York Post. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Wow. So the... New- they're definitely coming from the perspective of like they're taking away our freedom to make women scared of being <laughs> fat. That's yeah. They're they're definitely coming from that perspective. What where they they they're all for the libertarian idea that uh, media should bully women into getting skinny. Brit- Britain's women's unit fired the first shot by ordering top fashion and modeling bosses to a super waif summit. To discuss rising mental and health problems faced by young women as they try to slim down. Officials say the looks of reed thin models like Kate Mosh Kate Moss and Posh Spice Victoria Beckham encourage girls to starve themselves, leading to mental illness, lack of confidence, and self harm. That's interesting. It's like that is cause that's true, and it is something that uh I feel like you know, there was like a time when it felt like Britain was a place where um they were a few light here light years ahead 
of the United States in term in terms of like uh you know I, it just seemed like a more of a liberal place and now now I feel like um they're just a few years or, or a few months more reactionary right wing than yeah, we are yeah. like they do gravy Brexit. drenched reactionaries <laughs> exactly a bunch of boiled chicken reactionaries <laughs> just people who think that cabbage is food um cabbage is fine uh yeah that's interesting what else was going on uh trial due for psycho suspect in george harrison stabbing oh shit uh, do you remember that george harrison got stabbed i did not yeah uh, yeah so george harrison was stabbed by someone who like broke into his estate yeah it was cops it was, yeah. say abram broke into the stately mansion in henley on thames england owned by the ex-beetle <laughs> and attacked them with a knife during a violent and bloody struggle that lasted nearly 10 minutes, Harrison, 56, eventually overpowered the intruder after his wife smashed Abram over the head with a table lamp. God damn. So, yeah. George yeah, Harrison, was... tougher than you'd expect. Yeah, people would not expect me to be so tough, <laughs> but I'm a very tough man. George Harrison also was in Staten Island for his Re- cancer treatment. Oh, wow. wow. Was he? I didn't know that. Oh, damn. Yeah. I, yep. li- I like to yep. go to the best hospitals with the most Guidos. <laughs> I want Guidos and Jews, I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> anyway. I feel like uh, he might have the mo- most uh, good songs as a solo artist of all the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, he was the one Beatle who, like, probably interpersonally wasn't a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like, like Paul McCartney and John Lennon just took turns, uh, just competing with each other about who was uh, had the bigger ego. And uh, I'm pretty sure Ringo had some interpersonal problems too. But George Harrison was just like, I really like to watch Monty Python. Ringo <laughs> always seemed like he was owning his like D-list celebrity f- fame. Like from the, he was like an early, uh, an early adopter of like. I feel like he would have been on like the surreal life or yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. He 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 would have been like a, a contestant on the Hollywood Squares. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure he has been. Um, yeah. Also, uh, VJ Singh won the Masters. Oh, uh, six, that's six, about six. it. Yeah, that's about it for it. What were the top movies of the time? Top movies. Uh, Rules of Engagement, which uh, that was, of course, I actually saw that in the theater. That was about uh, they were playing. It was kind of like they almost predicted Benghazi. There was like a protest at the uh. U.S. consulate in, in Yemen. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. uh, and it was like a courtroom drama where it, where they found out the Arabs actually did have guns. And so they were justified in their massacre wow. of them. Yeah. Wow. Great, great movie. Wow. Uh, Aaron Brockovich, number two, Road to El Dorado, Return to Me, uh, mm-hmm. The Skulls, and uh, Ready to Rumble, which was, you know, they figured oh, yeah. out, how to, figured out the, how to make Michael Buffer earn more muffy, money. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah. The Ready to Rumble was the Arquette movie, right? Yeah. David Arquette and Scott Kahn, buddy comedy about uh, pro wrestling, I believe. Sick. What were the yeah. top songs? Uh, it's still the same ones. It's still Maria Maria by Santana Ooh, featuring remind the Remind me of West Side Story. I love that part. <laughs> uh, yeah. It did remind me of West Side Story. Okay, so that was what was going on in the time that this episode came out. Do and you guys now, feel contextualized? I feel so culturally contextualized. I feel full I'm of context. I'm in it. I'm yeah. in Little it, Little eyebrows, like, you know. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why were the eyebrows the, so the, small? The visuals. 
Yeah, there was a time when eyebrows couldn't get, they were like, if they could not be there, we'd be happy. You know, they were just like, we want little eyebrows, which is fine. You know, hey, that was the time, uh, you know, they wanted everything thin. But now we get into The Sopranos. And uh, Vince, uh, can you break us off a little piece of the synopsis? Oh, sure. In the season two finale, Tony has a series of fever dreams that help to shed light on some of his problems, particularly his troubles over Big Pussy. That's right. So this Salvatore. Yeah, Salvatore, <laughs> yeah. Big Pussy, Bump and Sarah. You broke oh. my heart. Hey, I'm spying for the FBI over here. Uh, um, So this this episode is uh, the long-awaited mafia whacking of Sal, Big Pussy, Bompensero. And uh, let me just uh, real quick list down uh, some of the Bada B stories that happened in this episode. Excuse me. Just got to clear my throat for this. Pussy sleeps with the fishes. Tony, sick from two dishes. Artie defends his delicious. Jersey sells phony minutes. Carm wears mink from the riches. Livia flies with her sisses. FBI creep because they're vicious. Meadow graduates high school. <laughs> A good kiss. You got the chef's kiss right yeah. there. Mwah, beautiful. You know, ah. I, I figured it's the finale. I really, I really have to have Bada B stories. Just you know, I, I got to have them on point. And uh, what, what can I say other than bars? Um, so yeah, let's let's uh, start talking about uh, the plot of this episode. So finally, yeah, finally we uh, get rid of Big Pussy. We, it was like, if you're rewatching this at the same rate we are. I mean, we were kind of. They really dragged out this storyline, felt like. Yeah, it, it's when the first time you watch it, it is probably the most compelling storyline because you you care about what is going to happen. You know, you love Big Pussy Bump and Sierra. You, you know that he's a snitch, but you kind of don't want him to die. You kind of hope he's going to escape it. And after the last episode uh, where they kill Richie Aprile, uh, or where, where Janice kills him, you kind of think, you know, that he might be home safe because they was like, hey, they already killed someone. Well, well also, they can't in, kill another guy. Right? Well, in last episode, was it last episode where he crashed the car, or was that the episode? Before? Yeah, you know, it was last episode. Yeah. It was the last episode. So, they, yeah. like, they they kind of set up like this uh, climactic way that Tony might find out that he was working for the government, and right. then that's not how he finds out in this episode. No, he finds out from a a, a fish that he had a dream about <laughs> he, he dreams about, yeah he dreams about walking on uh you know the atlantic city boardwalk and a talking fish just tells him uh yeah. hey i'm t- i'm working for the government um yeah I'm sure it's asbury park too oh is it actually because the, that that like that that thing that was like empty is like a a really it's like a little market at asbury a couple oh. blocks from the stone pony no, that's that's the birthplace of uh, of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, right? yeah, yeah. Yep. Look yep. at that. You know your yeah. facts. I know. Yeah, I, I know. saw that movie about Bruce Springsteen, the one where the little Indian kid uh, dreams of being uh, Bruce that, Springsteen. Wait, did that happen? Are you, yep. Because wasn't yep. there also? Did I that come out around the same time as yesterday? <laughs> no. So yeah, exactly. It was like two months or a month before yesterday. It was. Uh, it was but very. It w- volcano dante's peak yeah 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 very ants a bug life 
but yeah, it's uh, I know nothing about the East Coast. So like anytime any anyone can, you know, just give me a little bit of like where things are and what's going on, then it always is helpful. So the, I the assume, sun rises over the water over there. It's weird. I heard I heard yeah. th- that that the sun comes yeah. up there, yeah. but then it sets I, over here, which is crazy that they got the sun. Uh, anyways, that's why uh, that's what they wrote. That was the Beatles song. Here comes the sun. That was. Yeah. Uh, here comes the sun. I'm rising over here. I got to stop the over here jokes. <laughs> so, oh, man. So, yeah, I uh, I assume that where the, where he was in his dream sequence was it the atlantic city boardwalk i just assume because i'm like i only know of one boardwalk it, it, but the boardwalk was all in jersey but they were i'm pretty sure they were at asbury because of the build the that building uh, like, hold on one second you know you you know there's the first dream the second dream, the first dream is where he douses yeah yeah yeah, douses right. himself yeah. And, douses himself and you know he's they're all talking about racism about like you know whether it was the Indian food or Vesuvio's <laughs> yeah. that I, you know, did it to them. And yeah. I remember being like, yeah, I think that's Asbury because Asbury's got a thing. And then the second time, well, we'll talk about it later, but yeah. when he's inside and sees Paulie um, Is and that... him having dinner. A- right. A- according to Wikipedia, uh, filming locations, Verona, Jersey City, uh, Belleville Turnpike, Long Island City, Asbury Park. Uh, Got it. Park Convention Hall. And, Called uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Called yeah, it straight yeah. up. Yeah. I like, I, I, I have no idea. I, like, I know that fucking building. Yeah. Yeah. I that just, I, <laughs> I just, I just assumed I was like, hey, I've seen Boardwalk Empire. That takes place in Atlantic <laughs> City. What am I supposed to know about? Um, but yeah. So before we get, I think, into uh, the long dream sequence uh let's start off with what was going on earlier in the episode um so it starts off with um livia uh sitting down with uh tony and barbara barbara is tony soprano's sister who you don't really see much of in the show so was this the same actress who played her uh earlier earlier like they did switch actresses with her For, for barbara Yes. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Um, so uh, at one point on. they did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, and also, you know, that's uh, that's some trivia that I'm sure someone does know and will write to us in our email and yell yeah. at us about. So Danielle Del Vecchio played Barbara uh, earlier. Okay. I think. I'm trying to figure out which one was the first one. Yeah. Well, doesn't matter. Another one. I mean, it yeah. matters. But there's two. Somebody. There's two different ones. But the thing is, they look so much alike that it's hard to tell. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's an interesting scene because uh, you've got Tony. Uh, you know, after his frank conversation with Livia in the previous episode, where they're just, you know, uh, they finally talk after not talking for a whole season because you know she tried to kill him. Um. So, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because she is now with Janice gone. Uh, she her housing situation is in flux because she can't stay at the house because she needs someone to be there to help her. She can't stay with Tony for sure. Uh, she Barbara doesn't want her to stay with her. And because of this uh, and she won't go back to Green Grove. And because of this, I feel like um, uh, Livia becomes the most 
Livia that you've seen her in a while. I kind of describe her as like the T-1000 when the T-1000 uh, falls <laughs> into the lava and then kind of turns into every character that he pretended to be as the T-1000 uh, before he dies. It was like it was like uh, Livia like brought out every single manipulative weapon that she had to be like to basically to be like someone has to live with me come on uh and i actually i have a clip of that um it's called livia melts down there's some eggplant now you won't even accept food from your own mother you believe that uncle you never conspired with him i wish somebody would tell me what you're talking about yes brother. i got nothing to say to you janice was right I won't go back to that place. You got that right. Tony. She was abusive to the staff. Don't listen to the manipulation. Taking a page of your wife's book. Oh, that is fucking outrageous. There's two tickets. Take in Quinn with you. They're the fucking miserable. My sister Quintina will fly. I'm gonna have, so might that, have to revoke your like double sound clip editing <laughs> privileges because you know sometimes we just want to hear the clip. I don't know. Sometimes you do, but all right, I'll tell you right now. Sure, on audio, none of that will make sense. But when I eventually when I eventually come out with the video version of that, it's going to be shot, reverse shot. Every time Livia talks, it's going to be the T-1000 screaming and melting in the lava. And then every time they talk, it'll just be a clip from that. It'll be a great video, and we'll use it for promotion, and you'll love it. But the point being that she basically melts down. I mean, she's using every manipulative trick in the book. She even goes so far as to say that, like, you're taking a page from your wife's book, implying that Carmela, you know, has ever been, you know, anything but sweet to her, anything but, like, mm -hmm. like inviting her. She's been invited to live at Tony's house multiple times. So, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it is it is kind of like a, an interesting moment watching that. And, of course, Tony then makes the foolish mistake of giving her two plane tickets uh, so that she can go fly to Phoenix. So bad. Uh, and, you know. Tucson. Tucson, that's right. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, like, uh, you know, basically saying, get the fuck out of here, you know, go visit <laughs> someone. Someone, I'm sure, can stand you. And then, of course, those <laughs> tickets are stolen. And... Uh, that's not going to end well for her. I think but this this wasn't a lot of comedy in this episode, but I think that scene was uh the the funniest cuz I oh, laughed sure. both I laughed both at Tony uh she was abusive to the staff. She and then, was and, abusive to the staff. And then and then Barbara <laughs> going, "Oh, good going, ma." Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought I thought that was an interesting moment that uh, Barbara was able to um like, I don't think I, I think I'm so affected by Livia Soprano's ability to manipulate that, like, I would never dream of being like, good going, because I'd be like, what are you doing? She's fragile, but she's not really fragile. <laughs> you know, she's one of the most master manipulators it, she's that so, has ever been like. Yeah, it's she, <laughs> she manipulates me and she's not even my mom. Like, I feel bad for her. <laughs> She's not. She yeah. doesn't even exist. She's like a character on a right. TV show. <laughs> character. Yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is like I don't know. So like, if you've ever had like fucked up parents, that sounds uh -huh. really bad to say, but like, or like any sure. parents or whatever that were just like really messed up. I've had a few, uh -huh. and uh, <laughs> like they get to you. Like that's just like she always emoted just getting to you. Like yeah. oh, 
you know what? I'm gonna get you where it really fucks. Yeah, she knows all your spots. Yeah. Yep. She knows. Absolutely. She knows and all I, of your vulnerabilities. And I love that Absolutely. you called her the T1000 uh, melting down because that is something that old Italian ladies like. They they remember your catalog of of uh, guilt trips, but they, yeah. they lose they lose the sense of context. So she right. has like this series of things that she can guilt Tony over, but she's forgotten like what they're, what ta- what they're talking about at that particular moment. Right, it's she, like they she, have the long-term memory, but not the short-term one. Yeah, she has the right. arsenal, but she doesn't really remember uh, what order to trigger the bombs. So <laughs> yeah. she's just kind of arsenal, no strategy. Yeah, she's going scatter shot. <laughs> she's just like, yeah. uh, your your wife was mean to me once, and my sister doesn't fly, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all of a moment. You used too many onions in the sauce, and your uncle. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly you stole five dollars from my wallet yeah Yeah. uh it is it is just like uh your father never took me anywhere (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) uh now you won't eat my cooking uh she she really uh is you know she she really is pulling out the big guns uh in that scene and Mm -hmm. any livia soprano scene uh, in this entire series, you really have to treasure uh, because, because, of course, the actress who played her uh, did end up passing away before uh, before they were probably able to finish. Right. Uh, so, so like yeah. in terms of actors, because there's there's actors who die after their worst role, like yeah. you know the famous example being like Raul Julia, sure, uh, dying Street after Fighter. shooting oh. Street Fighter, but then. Yeah. Oh. On the, on, the, on the other side, <laughs> he's actually my friend's dad. <laughs> really? Yeah. Raul Julia. Like yeah, uh, yeah, my friend Ben I mean, Julia. Is, yeah, yeah. Oh, from high school. Uh, Great actor. <laughs> that's so sad. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. uh, I just, I, real quick, he did deliver the best game over I've ever heard an actor deliver. He did the best he could by playing uh m bison so yeah well and then on the flip side nancy marchand uh playing livia that was probably the peak of her career maybe not i mean it's it's pretty there might have been another peak like in the 40s that i am not aware of but she went out on top in my mind um for mm -hmm. sure another guy mm -hmm. the guy who played uh the slave master in gladiator who like died right before they finished gladiator i don't remember that really i don't remember that either no he's like the one who tells him to win the crowd it was a really good role but i didn't i didn't didn't remember he died yeah (laughs) that actor i don't i don't even remember the actor but uh yeah it's rare that you die uh with a a really good role it is most of the time you're playing in bison or something um but yeah i mean nancy marchand definitely went out playing the probably one of the greatest tv characters in tv history if not the greatest character yeah. in, in television history and it's almost like it it, it is almost insulting that you have to call it television history because television history is so limited because you know this is one of the first like prestige tv shows right so it's like it's like it it almost it's unfair just in acting history one of the best characters in fiction that's what i would i think i would call it so that was that scene uh then we of course uh get into this calling card scam Mm -hmm. that uh that is kind of can can you explain i mean i know i like i appreciated that they explained the entire scam which is yeah. rare 
I appreciated the ex they explained this game and that the, the explanation served a purpose. Um, but for those of you uh, who wanted to explain, so basically what happens is um, uh, you have a uh, prepaid calling card that you pay for. Um, you you pay for a bunch of the minutes on uh, credit, and then you sell them to. Uh, they said mostly immigrants. You have a uh, line of credit that's not yours, right? Like they yeah, figure yeah, out, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, it's not yours. Yeah, I think it was a part of the credit line from the Scatino bust out, but I'm not sure. I don't think they they may have specified, but it doesn't matter. You buy them on credit, uh, and of course you don't pay it. Um, uh, you don't pay it back. Uh, meanwhile, you just sell all of these prepaid cards and eventually the minutes get cut off, but you've already collected the money from... You're basically scamming uh -huh. immigrants out of calling their family, which is uh, <laughs> peak peak mafia. Tale old time. Yeah. Tale as old as time. Yeah, tale as <laughs> old. Yeah, exactly. Tale as old as time. So, well, you know, they say the, the history of settlement, uh, like mm -hmm. of human settlement, was basically that... Uh, that like instead of being a bandit where yeah. you had to like pe pe prey on people like passing through your area sure. like if you started a settlement you would have like a certain amount of people that you could just prey on all the time and that's oh. kind of how how like cities developed it was it was a better yeah it was a better way to uh you know so so that was part of the economy of of like you're talking about settlement as in like uh, settler cities. colonialism. No, in terms of like well, why we why we switched from hunter gatherers to like uh, uh, cultivators. Oh, I thought you were just talking about how settlers, you know, uh, colonialists just come in and they're like, okay, good, I've got a good pool of people to scam. You're, you're I mean, that's probably a applicable as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, so big pussy actually explains the entire scam to, uh, mm -hmm. to Furio. Um, and in that scene where he's, he's like meticulously explaining how the scam works, Tony looks at him and that's the moment you realize that Tony realizes, oh, he's wearing a wire. He's like, yeah. because oh, no, yeah. no one in the mafia is like explaining, meticulously explaining how crimes work. Right. You know, right. Tony always wear like he wears his heart on his sleeve to a certain extent. Yes. So whether it's like the little like the tint of the eye or whatever, mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, yeah, you, you can, know what he knows what's up. Yeah. yeah, tell what he's thinking based on how his nose is whistling at that particular moment. Yeah, right. His wheezes say a lot about how he's feeling <laughs> yeah. in the moment. But yeah, he he is definitely you know using his eyes a lot in that scene, and and it's, it becomes clear immediately like ah oh, shit he he yeah. he's on to him, and who's to say that he wasn't on to him before that? I mean, I think I think they imply that he was on to him uh, before that. Um, so yeah, uh, well you'd think he would have been on to him after like the suspicious car accident that he had while trying to follow right. yeah. Christopher while I mean, he was being a pretend cop. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I, it's. I mean, he, Pussy was like very obvious with the the entire thing. There were multiple times in this season where Big Pussy would come up to Tony and be like, "Hey, remember that crime we pulled? Do we have any <laughs> money from that crime?" And Tony, yeah. Tony would ignore him, um, or like change the subject really fast. Like he was able to kind of like put him in a box, and I think because he has a soft spot. Yeah, he has I, a soft spot for people that he really loves. Yeah, I think I think he he didn't want to believe 
that he was actually doing this, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he was protecting himself from it. So right. you kind of, you, you see that he, in some way, if not subconsciously, if not consciously, knows that Big Pussy is uh, yeah. a snitch. I mean, and, he didn't even yeah. want to talk to uh, Patsy about the coat in, in the inside yep. the restaurant. He's like, oh, no, we don't talk about that yeah, here. Yeah. So, by the way, Yep. Sorry to switch topics a little bit. Uh, like, did you know who the hell Patsy? Did you know the that Patsy and 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 and, and Philly, his twin brother Philly? Yeah, Philly. <laughs> did they ever explain that they're twins? I don't remember that explanation. Yeah, 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 yeah. They get they into. Did? Okay, I don't remember that either. Yeah, it's from the first season. It's it's like very early in the first season. Um, Philly gets uh shot in a car, and then Patsy who is the, his twin brother, but the difference is Patsy wears glasses. Um, okay. And then yeah. there's a cop who looks almost exactly like them, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, it's a character. Uh, and then you don't, you guys don't remember, like, at one point, Patsy shows up uh, in the backyard, in Tony's backyard, and pisses in his pool, and he has, like, a gun, and he's drunk. You guys remember? It's like... No. It's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, from yeah. the first season. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that that is, uh, that's a thing. But sure, um, sure. So, by the way, so, you know, the the one of the sticking points between Tony and Richie April <clears throat> is the fucking jacket. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. And then now the way that Tony and Carmela reconcile Make up. Yeah. is that he gets her this coat. Like, there's a lot of coat based drama in this show. Yeah, there's also, uh, I guess, um, a good piece Very of. Italian. You're, well, you're I, from the East Coast. Or, like, I feel like the. Uh, Coats uh, must be a big part of uh, yeah. East Coast. Yeah, culture. it's it's got it's got to be a part of the culture. Yeah. It's cold as shit. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got to you, you know you got to have the, your your fur coats. So yeah, I, mean, I never was could afford any of that. But there was like always a thing of like, oh look at that, like you know we walked down the street, look at that lady with a fur coat. Is it mink? Yeah, is it, you know, <laughs> fox. Is I it? think I think that like fur or or just like a, a nice warm piece of clothing uh, is. Since it's necessary, yeah. If you have a fancy piece of warm clothing, it's like it serves the purpose of an apology, of a gift. It's uh, you know, it's an all-purpose gift. That's that's the way I would look at it. Um, and yeah, the 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 mink coat is interesting because like you're kind of you've got a little bit of this hangover from the previous episode in which Carmela is like pissed at Tony. Um, yeah. Because of the Russian being, you know, uh, making his way back into her life and just kind of like she, she feels like. Out- she- the last episode ended with her figuring out fi- at long last how to manipulate him and not yeah, be his prisoner. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's just like me and Ro, we're going to go to Rome soon and there's nothing you can fucking do yep. about it. And uh, you, you're still on a hangover from that episode. So when Tony presents the mink coat to her, you know, you, you can tell he plays this little trick where he's like, it's alive, it's alive. And then like pulls it out. <laughs> And there's this, she immediately goes from like, leave me alone, Tony, I'm doing work. And also I kind of fucking hate you, you cheating asshole to, oh my God, it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. It was very Staten Island. It was very Staten Island. Very, very the culture. Yeah. Very the culture. (laughs) And, and, you know, there, there was part of me that was just like, uh, hey, you know, it's a nice apology. It's a beautiful. I mean, think about how many uh, little mink creatures had to die to make it. <laughs> you think she should be nice. too smart to be manipulated by uh, consumer goods that Tony can easily grab off of the back of the truck and give her at any time? But then again, 
you know, why would she be with this guy if not for the amount of stock that she puts in those kinds of That's uh, true. Gifts? And she's got, and they got Meadows graduation coming yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the things that like you know the like the the outside yes. religious things that happen. You know, like right. that's like a, that's a, a cornerstone, right? Yeah, the meadow in the episode is like, <laughs> yeah, such a good, such a good B storyline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do think that she also like Tony also did another smart thing in giving her the coat, but then also using it as a way to have a sexy time. Where where he's like uh uh-uh, uh not not yet and like Is that, that what it's called it's a called sexy time. it's called the sexy time <laughs> it's called the sexy time yeah yeah here we call it the sexy time um, <laughs> here we we never got over Borat uh, and th- still think it's the funniest uh, <laughs> very nice so yeah like she. I think and I think that helped make her feel sexy because that is like one of the things about like Tony's like constant infidelity is that not only is it embarrassing, but it also makes her feel like less than like she's getting older. Yeah. Yeah. So so like it was it was kind of a it was a smart move on Tony's part, getting her the mink coat and whatnot. Of course, they have sex uh, or as I call it, sexy time. And then Tony uh, has his first dream sequence. Um, Yeah. So, by the way. Uh, one of the parts that annoyed me about this episode, which I, for the most part, I think it's a pretty good episode. Sure. But uh, it was very much like Matt Lieb was editing uh, this episode <laughs> because I feel like it was called Funhouse because it was like sound editor fun time. Yes. Just throw anything at the fucking wall uh, uh-huh, episode. Uh-huh. So first there is the montage like transition where they're they go from the indian restaurant to mm-hmm. vesuvio yes um the sound switch over there is super jarring and i have okay a little clip from that i don't know if you remember the the like musical vaguely switch. vaguely okay. So just, and this song, I had to Shazam it. It's like a, it's a random uh, Rolling Stones song that Keith Richards sings. It's like Oh, is that who sings it? It's the song that the Rolling Stones play while Mick Jagger is doing like a costume change. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's like a, it's like their concert. And I don't get it. They brought it back in the end of the episode too. Very yeah, odd song yeah, it choice is, there. It me. is an odd Rolling Stones song. I was thinking to myself, like, that does not sound anything like Mick Jagger. I know he's gotten older, but <laughs> yeah. that is strange. Doesn't and, sound like him. And and I, I, I that's not to say I didn't think the voice is very good. And to be honest, I'm surprised that's Keith Richards, because it makes me feel like Keith Richards uh you know, should have had a solo career. Well, but, uh, it, it's like you can kind of tell it's not Mick also because the lyrics just sound like weird drunk guy random, like the the drunk guy random phrase uh, generator. Yeah. Wrote the- that. <laughs> find me in yellow page. First of all, find me in, <laughs> find me in yellow page. Like he's not yellow even. <laughs> yeah. 
He doesn't even say yellow pages. It's yeah, yeah. Me in the yellow page. Yeah, and <laughs> first of all, you'd find him. It would be the white pages. The yellow pages are for businesses. Yeah. Like, get it right. straight, Rolling Stones. Right, 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 right. I understand Rolling Stone gather no moss, but also gather no uh, information either. Hey, all right, kill me. So, uh, um, yeah. So and then... Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The and point then, of that song was just waiting on a call from you. Was that right. line? I, yeah. And then, right. um, so then it switches into the dream sequence and it starts off with the ever present, like wood creaking sound effects. Yes. Uh, which, okay. I guess we can yes. justify that because they're on a boardwalk, which they don't creak. I don't think. Right. No. Sure. Uh, I mean, if you're like, it was, if it was like a really shattery old boardwalk. Yeah. Right. Really exactly. Know. Yeah, it's I mean, possible. I, I guess you could say that it's supposed to be like the boat that they eventually go on where they're. Feeding. So I have a theory on this. Um, so you're right. Everything starts out with a creaking. Um, but I don't know if you notice this because I'm very I'm very into art. Okay, and okay. also uh, uh -huh. audio. Obviously, okay. audio art is my yeah. specialty. I'm yeah. very smart with audio art. Uh, that's a book that I'm writing. I'm very <laughs> smart with audio art. Anyways, uh the uh the the creaking wood sound eventually um it it, it transforms into farts it transforms into farts and it transforms into whatever the fuck is going on in the background of tony's dream about melfi which that was the other yes. audio clip that yep, i have and yep. I, and you can try and Ooh. tell me whatever the fuck is going on in the background here but i have a little of that go ahead I push you on the brain Ooh. i always do I don't want to fuck you. I always did. Do. I told you that the first time we met. I find you immensely attractive, Anthony. Thought I repulsed you. You go out of your way to repulse me. But you like that. You just admitted you find me attractive. You're the one that's fucked up. Anthony, Anthony. They're farts. <laughs> what are we going to do with you? There was like I thought there were cat sounds at first, and then they kind of sound like horn, like <laughs> uh, like saxophone squeaks. I don't even know what they're going for. There. I think <clears throat> I what what they're supposed to be specifically. I think is less important than the fact that uh, the sound editing in a dream sequence is just a signifier that you're having a dream, oh, dream okay, sequence. Okay. Oh, that means dream sequence. That, that's what it just means dream sequence. But I thought uh, all they've done Reason this before. Reason four, I put sound effect here. <laughs> 
they also did like the thing that I thought was really funny about all the like the dream sequences is that like they were like trying to I mean, it did get progressively like, you know, like it's a dream sequence, like yes. really mm-hmm. obvious. But they were also trying to not be obvious. And I just remember being like, Tony would never walk up in it. Sorry, I'm gonna say this guinea tea. I've been like, <laughs> you know, like just to play a guinea tea. Yeah. No like in the in the therapist's office. And then also when he had that big ass erection. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. But it's just really funny <laughs> how they decided to place like the this is we're gonna tell you dream, but it also had some magical realism. Yeah, in some of these, like you know, they tried to do. It was interesting because like some of it was like, yeah, what are you doing? And some of it was like, okay, magical realism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and I I think that I've seen other dream sequences in previous dream sequences. They have the audio signifiers of the weird kind of like crackling and whatever going on, but in this one. The fact that it was tummy rumbles and farts, I thought was brilliant and hilarious. Like the this was a this was a fart heavy episode, which is which is a is a bold choice for the one where you're gonna kill off a main character. Like it made me it made me love the episode. The fact that they were willing to like, okay, we're gonna do these really surreal abstract dream sequences magical realism and a little farty fart little toots happening <laughs> little but i also think it was a little bit of like his body was rejecting that he had to do this right yeah, like i think yes. that there was like there is that like like on one level i mean the, the again the funny the for me it's funny but also like uh, you know yeah thing and i and i love that meadow kind of said it when you know she was like that's racist you can't say it's <laughs> yeah. like i was like Boom, because, you know, the Serenos had that, those moments. Oh, yeah. You know, like, for the time, you would just be like, oh, shit, like, shit, this one's on point. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, it was up. His body was rejecting the fact yes. that he had to kill one of his best friends. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, like, that was, it was, like, it was a deeper level. Like, when you go into the subconscious, when you go to, like, the fact that, like, this is a show about mental health. Yes. And nobody, like... Even to this day, people are like, oh, Sopranos, great show. Like, oh, yeah. Dramatic. Like, I think we've lost the, like, the mental health. Like, that was actually the the thing. That yeah. So many people watch it in the beginning. That's why I watched it. Yes. Because I, yeah. Because I was five. That's another story. <laughs> but, like, yeah, that kind of, you know, I, that kind of, yeah. that gist. I also think that is, like, David Chase wrote, uh, co-wrote this episode himself, I think. And I think that is very much like a David Chase writing tick is where, his like subconscious thinks of a racist thing and then he uses the story to like call himself out on his own racist thought where it's like yeah. he, he very much <laughs> had the thought that oh yeah he went to he went to get indian food and what happens when you get indian food oh you get food poisoning cuz you know those dirty indians they'll just put anything in your food right. but then he right. like he like half calls him out on it uh, call, half calls himself out on it by having like meadow and dr melfi pointed out yep. which yes i guess like <laughs> Like I guess sort of makes it okay, but I don't know. He did yeah, that. It, he he's done that in the past on this show too. I yeah, it, it's, it's definitely it's a it's definitely a show where uh, the first draft uh, David Chase just writes as uh, an Italian who's kind of racist, and then yeah. the second yeah. Yeah. the second draft he's like, "Fuck, I need Meadow and Melfi to bail me out from this, so yeah. I can be yeah, so I can be aware." <laughs> yeah, um, I think he just created Meadow's character. Yeah. To check himself. Yeah, definitely. But there's a lot of times I'm like, she's there. Yeah, to yeah, check yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's either it's either that or she, he in his mind, Meadow is annoying. Like, now I need an, <laughs> right. an annoying two, liberal. Two extremes. Yeah. Two extremes, right? Yeah. Yeah. This motherfucking yeah. liberal. Or 
Or, 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 you're yeah, going exactly. to play annoying broad who gave me script notes uh, in this episode. Uh, I mean, Meadow. Yeah. Um, I, I do think, you know, credit where credit is due. Um, when Tony wakes up from his first dream sequence, obviously he, he wakes up uh, and immediately vomits and uh, says a bunch of racist shit about Indian, uh, about Indian food and Indians in general. Um, and actually, I have a clip from that. Why don't we play that? It's Which called, one's that? It's called Tony Gets Sick. Uh, huh? I just fucking kill myself. I've been so fucking depressed. Oh, no, no, what? What now? So big nothing. What is? I've... Tony, that is your mother talking. Everything's black. Oh, you, you have a tendency towards depression, yes. Well, it's, it's coming from here. It's not my fucking head. It, it's my stomach. I'm nauseous. What happened? I went to an Indian restaurant. That is so racist. Who's letting those big ones? There better be coke left in that fridge, is all I can say. <laughs> It's just, it's a wonderful sequence because those goddamn Indians with their food that gives you food poisoning, we need to cure this with some sugar water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I also love the fart that comes right after she says it's racist. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's racist. yeah. Like, I think that was David Chase again. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, nah. Yeah, David Chase being like, do a big fart right after. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be a fart that says "Go fuck yourself," um, but yeah, I mean the 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 sequence is great uh, in and of itself. There's just multiple moments. Number one, it starts out with like he wakes up and he's depressed and he's like, "Life's a big nothing," you know, everything is bad, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Wait, no, the call is coming from inside the house," where he yeah. just realizes it's not yeah. it's not my head, it's my stomach. And then, which is kind of a weird moment because it's like I've never had depression in my stomach before. It's but, like the uh, story, the story of America, where we start to yeah. get an introspective, and then we're like, "No, wait, it is the immigrants who are wrong." Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. And then he's just like immediately goes from like uh, that inward rage of depression to the outward rage of racism, uh, <laughs> and and then he, you know, he, uh, you know, he blames Indian food. Uh, Karm blames Indian food. Uh, Meadow calls it racist, and then she's like, "I hope uh, there better be some of the some coke left." After AJ goes, uh, you know, uh, uh, who's letting out those big ones? Look on AJ's face when she says there better be some coke left, because there's a look on his face of like, "I might have drank all the coke, but I don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute. Um, but what I was gonna say was ER look. Credit where credit is due, eventually Tony does come around to going like, all right, let's be rational about this. It may not have been the Indian, uh, Indian food. It may have been Vesuvio where I had muscles. And it, and this is, I think, it, outside of like, because this is a rewatch, uh, obviously, if this is your first time watching it, your favorite scene is probably, uh, you know, one of the dream sequence scenes or maybe when Tony and his crew whack Big Pussy. But for me, uh, rewatching my favorite scene is when Artie comes over and they do a little like law and order detective scene where they're trying to figure out whether or not the food poisoning came from the Indian food or from Vesuvio. 
and um uh vince i have a little clip of that i can tell how much sound editing you did to this clip by how excited you are for me to play it and i'm gonna i'm gonna i haven't listened to this one yet but i'm gonna go ahead and guess you did some some editing work on this one but um, uh, sure. I think, very excited i think that's a fair guess so uh yeah. this is a uh, law and order in the sopranos the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups Artie Bucco to investigate food poisoning <laughs> and the Tony Soprano to prosecute the these. ones doing the food poisoning. These are their stories. Tony had food poisoning all night. The poor guy. Ooh. Oh, hey, <laughs> it's not from my place. Was he a Vesuvio last night? Yeah, but I got an A rating. It's that Artie. Hey, Tom, send him up. Tony, go to sleep. Send him up. <laughs> You picked up a bad one somewhere, huh? Somewhere. It's a serious allegation. Nobody's gonna fucking sue you. You see, this is what I'm talking about. Tony, you ate mussels? Prince Edward Island. Top of the line. After an entire Indian dinner? You ate at an Indian restaurant? There you go. Oh, it was the mussels. They came up undigested. They came up undigested. How could they be the cause? It's where my body shut down. It... Self-protection. Did you call pussy? He had the muscles, too. Sal, it's Arthur Bucco. Hello. Hey, man. Listen, I'm at the Sopranos' house, and uh, Tony's a little green around the gills. I mean, flu, I'm guessing, but maybe he ate something, didn't agree with him. It would help if we knew. Did you have any symptoms? No. Well, once during the night, I did have a slight touch of diarrhea. Touch of <laughs> diarrhea. Oh, a touch, nothing, right, puss? Not like what Tony's going through, right? Like from bad shellfish or anything. What the fuck? Am I gonna get sick now? No. Listen, did you guys eat the same thing at the Indian restaurant? <laughs> well, we both had the papadums, but different courses. Both had the papadums, different entrees. Okay. I'm sorry, Tony, but I feel vindicated. <laughs> Oh, you really you really outdid yourself on that one. Oh, that is <laughs> I was a little bit upset that there wasn't the doo 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 Yeah. I thought in in the <laughs> In my original version, uh, I played the entire theme song, and I was like, you know what? I think people can only take about two minutes of my clips. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I go overboard, like th- over two minutes, they just start losing it. And uh, We needed an iced tea in there to be like, it's called food poisoning. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. It's called, <laughs> it's called the down low. Oh, uh, well, we needed like Marissa Hardigan to say like... <laughs> Which one? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I didn't think about adding it. I just, I only had so much time. <laughs> Anyways, it was, it was I, a wonderful scene in which they're trying to figure it out. And of course, um, it's still questionable at the end because, you know, uh, at some point uh, their neighbor, um, Dr. Cusimano comes over and says that somehow Indian food is impervious to uh, food poisoning because of the spices they use. Which is they something- use the spices to eliminate the microbiomes. Which, which I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't know that there sounded could be, plausible. 
Yeah, I didn't know that yeah. there could I was be. Like, All right, cool. If there are spices yeah. that get rid of food poisoning, if that means Indian food is impervious, I will always eat Indian food. It is my favorite it kinda, cuisine. It kind of sounded like Metachlorians thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I heard. Like I was like, oh, the Metachlorians. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> that's what I hear anytime a doctor talks. Anytime a doctor, I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like Doctor Fauci <laughs> talks about like uh, you know the the different receptors on a uh, on a, yeah. a coronavirus. I'm like, yeah, 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 definitely. They got like the little hooky things. Yeah, totally, totally. Metachlorians. Um. <laughs> So then after this, we go back into uh, a dream sequence. Uh, you know, so the first one is Tony tries to light himself on fire because he has cancer. And we could go into like looking in a, at a dream book and being like, what does he mean? But why? Yeah, uh, who that's, cares? That's what other podcasts There's do. enough Freudian bullshit in this show that yeah. I already yeah. don't care, to, <laughs> care about. Also, there's like seven dream sequences. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're nonstop. It's a whole bunch. But I uh, think the best way to watch a dream sequence is, oh, look, he's a fish. Oh, yeah. they drove away in an Italian car. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Was that an Italian car? Or yeah, was it was. Because I mean, they're they're the same thing. All uh, all. <laughs> well, Italian uh, Italians invented clowns. So. Yeah, it- Italians are all clowns. <laughs> sometimes um, they're funny, and sometimes they are sad. Sometimes they are sad. A clown. We do art. But the doctor, I we am do the a great bigger clown. Art, but sometimes the, the clown, he is sad. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the the most memorable one and the one that uh, obviously everyone talks about in this episode in terms of dreams dream su- sequences is the um, big pussy is a fish, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. which is funny watching it again because uh, they really uh, lay into the swimming with the fishes metaphor in in the um, sleep with the fishes. Yeah, yeah, the sleeping. Oh yeah, the sleep with the fishes metaphor. Sleep with the fishes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they, they mention it multiple times. He's just like, hey. I'm a fish. Hey, remember from remember from Godfather One? Uh, a fish. It means uh, you're sleeping with the fishes. It's a Sicilian. Me- it was like very much like yeah, we get it, we get it, we get it, we get. It. Yeah. But uh, it is still a good scene. I think the scene that stands out more is later uh, in later seasons. Eventually, uh, Tony is going to get a big mouth Billy bass for Christmas, and uh, it's going to remind him of the dream. Which, and there uh, was a big shot of a fish. Uh, in the Indian restaurant, like the, yes. the the opening yep. tracking shot was the following a yeah, fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. And you, yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's like, and it's always a sea bass. It's yeah, like a sea bass. Yeah. They, <laughs> some sort of. <laughs> I mean, a bass is the best fish to hang. You know. Uh, but I like see. Like I think this episode gave uh, David Chase an unfair amount of leeway with dream sequences. Like, cause I think they did uh-huh. them, they did them well in this episode because they played sure. the dream sequences mostly like for silliness and laughs. Uh, but then that yes. gave him license to, you know, go into big dream drama and sure. But I seasons. do think again, they, the fact that the backing track was mostly farts, I thought was not only, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not only relevant to the storyline, but also funny. So I was yeah, kind of again, like yeah. impressed. They played him for laughs. That's the way dreams should be played. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It, they were very good. And um, so then, obviously, uh, we get to the uh, big uh, pussy getting whacked scene. And, uh, you know, what? N- nothing new to be said about it other than, like, it is kind of, uh, in rewatching it, 
I you definitely feel for Big Pussy because of the fact that, you know, he gets caught and these guys they basically say, you know, you were you were a brother to all of us and you betrayed mm-hmm. us and you feel kind of sad about it. But at the same time, you know, it is kind of uh you know, having seen this series multiple times, you're kind of like I'm glad you you want to you're kind of you're done with it. It's like uh, rewatching played- Sopranos is basically remembering all your favorite parts from when you watched it the first time and not enjoying them as much as you wa- as you're yeah. watching like the new shit that you didn't catch the first time or enjoying the stuff that like you didn't like like when I rewatch I mean I've also rewatched it multiple times yeah, 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 I also yeah. rewatch it but, like you know and rewatching it is like so one Silvio is one of my favorite characters yes. because it's also like I love Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and Steve Oh Van yeah Zandt. yeah yeah like, of course you know Steve Van Zandt. Yeah. but like one of the things that's really funny is like I didn't realize Silvio's little things in the episode. Yeah. Like, his whole, like, the fucking noise. When he goes and, like, um, uh, like he's like, he can't stand that yeah, he's yeah. actually uncomfortable on a boat. And I just, I remember, like, rewatching it and be like, yeah. comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Silvio, Paulie's just like, Paulie's got, and Paulie is like a Barbie doll, a Ken doll sometimes. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. His expression doesn't change a lot of the Yeah, time. yeah. He's got and creepy do- dead like, eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Silvio was like, and it's like and then tony tries to stop him and i i never really realized that yeah the first time like i didn't realize that thing but then when i replayed it because i knew you know what was gonna happen to sal big pussy i was like oh Sylvia's going through his own yeah totally in that and he's like he's like I gotta get out of this shit. I don't like downstairs, and it's like, yeah. okay, and I, what's going on there? And I love that he straight up, you know, Tony's like basically like, uh, you know, uh, I had food poisoning, and you want, and and you don't see me leaving, and he just goes, "Don't yell at me." Which <laughs> exactly, is, exactly. They're a little thing. It's, it's like very cute because it's, of their relationship. Yeah, throughout this series, like it's a, it's a, it's an intimate moment. It is. That- it's, is is taken away when you were first watching it because what you're thinking about is okay big yeah all you're die. thinking about is like go back uh, yeah is he gonna die yeah. what's gonna happen but then yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it is it is definitely it gives a, a lot more depth to the Silvio character you know as someone who's yeah. not totally heartless you know and it's not that right. uh Paulie and Tony are heartless uh but they're like I well, mean, they're a little bit Polly, more heartless. Polly is by far the least introspective character, which I think oh, is sure, like his sure. Role. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no introspective. No, character. no, no, no. The dude uh, lives his life just like on the surface of everything. The dude he's is like never... the track suit king. He's yes. also the track suit king. Oh, yeah. Just to be clear. Yeah. yeah Polly's no, got like good. the Donald Trump, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger thing where they're basically like they live like a shark. Like you can't catch them being hypocritical because like they don't care the past like does not really exist for them which mm-hmm. is weirdly like like on the one hand it's like a sociopathic way to live but on the other those people are easy to easier to hang out with in some ways because they're not hung up on shit they're just yeah uh, they're yeah. just moving forward and you don't have to deal with their shit a lot of the time yeah no it's mm-hmm. interesting because like tony um in i think it was in a dream yeah it was in a dream sequence uh where he's doing therapy um, and he is mentioning all the reasons he hates Polly, and one of the reasons that he's always whistling commercial uh, jingles. <laughs> yeah, and, and yes. it, it reminded me of the you know the episode where he talks about the happy wanderer and why he hates the happy wanderer, someone who's like without carefree, without a care in the world, mm-hmm. uh, whistling mm-hmm. down the street, uh, has mm-hmm. no worries, and and you realize that like. There's a little bit that's where some of the resentment of Polly comes from with Tony is the fact that he is so 
surface level and non-introspective oh, yeah. and he's jealous of the fact that like the dude can like just he only cares he, about making sure his hair looks good yeah and, he would never have a panic right. attack because he lacks that level of right thinking. he doesn't yeah yeah, he, yeah exactly <laughs> like, you need to have you can't reach me there <laughs> yeah yeah you need to have fear of impending death in order to have panic and that's yeah. just not something like yeah Polly don't give a fuck Polly only cares about ghosts don't give AF <laughs> yeah right Polly cares about ghosts and cats and yeah. like he cares and, about ghosts if they're gonna like ruin his boner but they, he doesn't care about like it's not like a past it's, hey. yeah it's not it's like a, something yeah. that he it's not about a regret at all for him exactly my shit right here you're gonna yeah. ruin my yeah, shit exactly. right here yeah exactly yeah that's Polly this, yeah. this ghost gave me ED um <laughs> yeah <laughs> during this but during big pussy's death sequence like i kept playing mark Wahlberg in my mind where i was like you know if i would have been there it wouldn't have gone down like that because yeah yeah i'm yeah. thinking about big pussy like he's working with the feds uh like he could he's got these he's got he's got one fat guy with food poisoning uh yeah you know uh, like Polly, and then like sylvia who's checked out half of the time like there's many opportunities where he could, you know, maybe go for the gun and try and shoot his way out of there and he would get totally. away with it. It's not like he's like he is working with the feds so he could be like, yeah, they found out I was a federal agent, they tried to whack me, I had to shoot True. my way out of there. Like he could get away with it easily. Uh, yeah, uh, and 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 at the yeah. at the same time I was also thinking um he also admits to it, which yeah. is something that like you know, mm-hmm. obviously Tony, when Tony went over to his house and like searched his stuff, he found like the wire. But, you know, Big Pussy doesn't know that. So I was, you know, part of me was going, if it were me, you know, I would just be like, deny it to the end. Right. I mean, it seems like like you use manipulation skills, mostly because I'm not a fighter. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, well, uh, he I'm d- a coward. He, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> So so there was also that pregnant pause yeah. between Polly and Sal yeah. like big pussy like there was that pregnant pause like that yeah. pregnant stare yeah 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 like I remember, and I like never realized that until I just rewatched it like the stare you mean the stare the stare right before uh he realizes what's going on or the one right before he gets shot because there's a moment right where the- they all have their guns out and there's this like pause and they're all looking at each other and he just goes what no, it's before that. Yeah, yeah. Like just the two, because I think it's Silvio goes upstairs. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to be like, I can't stand both. Yes, and I got the thing. You know, it's, I'm getting sick. Um, and they just have a pregnant pause in between, and that's another moment where you could have, you know, like the shoot your way out. Yeah, yeah. You could have like Silvio is up doing his probably vomiting or right. getting fresh air. Sure. Tony doesn't look stable. Pull, you're, you're staring Polly in the face. He's not. You know his his gun is on his hands. He could have been like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It still would have been the odds of having somebody upstairs as an X factor. But there were plenty of things. But I also think, I mean, as soon as Pussy starts drinking the tequila and downing it like a, you know, like I did when I was twenty, uh-huh. like you know, like eh, eh, yeah, eh, yeah, you know, like three back to back shots. <laughs> yeah. Um, or because a boy didn't like me or whatever. Like, <laughs> that's what he's like. That's what he does. And so I think also like, I think that's when he resigned. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Like, yeah. That was the moment. As soon as he was like, I'm a pound this shit. He was like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah I think he, I mean, he, he was, it was pretty believable it. because he did, he did what like all dumb people do in 
like the police station basically when they're caught, which is that like you start admitting to little things and trying to spin it in a way that you think you're going to get out of it where you're like, yeah, oh yeah, I didn't yeah. kill him, but I was there that night. Uh, I mean, I didn't rob him. Okay. We robbed him, but it wasn't yeah, we robbed that bad. Them, but I told him not to do it. Yeah. And yeah. Then, so it's like, he keeps, he keeps admitting to smaller things and then he eventually like accepts it and he's like all mm-hmm. right but can i just get drunk first uh yeah yeah and they actually have this great moment um uh and i have a clip from it uh where he is getting drunk from tequila uh it's called uh, the clip is called 12 13 tequila. uh pussy gets blown out uh <laughs> <sorry. Wow. laughs> 26 tiny this broad her ass was the second coming. Never wore panties. <laughs> Brush the teeth with this shit. Every night she drip me under the fucking table. I'd eat her out when I was down there. <laughs> hey, Bush. Do you even really exist? Fucked up. Not in the face, okay? Give me that. Huh? Keep my eyes? You were like a brother to me. To all of us. Yeah. Started feeling that too. My inner balance is off. What? Jesus Christ. I gotta sit down. I feel like I can't stand. Is that okay, Tony? Did I sit? Crap. They got him. Uh, yep. It's, I, I, I mean, it's a really fucking good death sequence. I mean, you know, it's, it's really well done. I thought one interesting moment in it was he's talking about the Puerto Rican girl. Um, you know, uh, the one that he had claimed to go visit when he was actually hiding right. out from them. Uh, yep. And he says the words, uh, you know, uh, would drink me under the table and then I would eat her out when I was down there. And they all laugh. I is cunnilingus okay now? Like what happened from like this season <laughs> and last season? Like last season, if you ate pussy, you were gay. It was just like they immediately <laughs> were just like, no, nah, it's uh, only gay people eat pussy. And like in this one, they're like, oh, that's funny. It just seemed like maybe the crew grew up. They a little knew it would take. Yeah, it's because they knew it was fake. Well, they, they knew it was fake. Like, they knew the whole time. Yeah. And first of all, I don't think I've ever heard Puerto Rico mentioned in, uh, in like, two minutes more than I yeah. did in this show. And so it's like, and it's like, it's New York, New Jersey. So, like, yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing. I'm like, all right, come on. Like, you've had to double in Puerto Ricans. We used to freaking do the books for you. Yeah. Anyway, and so, like, their whole thing, like, I think they were just like, oh, it's, it's fake, so we're just going to laugh it off. Yeah. And I also think that part of it was just, like, they were just like, let him. You know, like there's a thing I think where I I appreciate in The Sopranos and yeah. in, in, in both the whole the whole arc of it, where I think where people who are are close to them that they gotta kill, you let them you let them be for a second. Yeah, you let them in whatever way that it is. Yeah, you let them be. So they're just like, all right, bro. Yeah. We're gonna let you think this thing. We're yeah. gonna okay, fine. Yeah, you and- know, like. Yeah, and it's like also. Yeah, I think there's ahead. an aspect of it where uh, you know Big Pussy's talking about a 26 year old Puerto Rican girl. Where the last time they got grossed out by it was because they were thinking of old ass Junior 
and his old ass <laughs> and his old ass girlfriend who was like not even uh, it was right. like his main squeeze right. they're like ah oh, you're going down on the girl you're like dating full time and you're like yeah. all old and stuff like it was right. like a, a bunch of levels of things uh, for them not only was this guy eating pussy but he was also in fucking love yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah right i've right. never heard and anything he's also more fucking old yeah, yeah. That's too queer for me. Eating pussy while in love. Next, you'll be holding hands while you're dying. Yeah, there's like there, there's a weird machismo thing that they decide to. I mean, it, yeah, they decide to just like put to the side when Tony is uh, when Big Pussy's telling that story where they're just like gonna laugh with him and drink with him and then they shoot him and it's a really it's kind of a, a touching scene. Uh, at at one point, you know, he says, "I'm starting to feel it too." I I'm not sure if he's talking about seasickness or if he's saying the food poisoning is hitting. But whatever it or is, the tequila. Yeah, or the tequila. <laughs> yeah, not sure what he's starting to feel too. But I'm pretty sure that whatever he thought it was, it was probably dread because he was about to get shot. And then he gets shot and he dies. And then there's 14 more goddamn minutes to this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I got it's always crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I in this one, it like it, it felt like in a lot of Sopranos episodes, um, you know, there's they usually don't resolve such a huge storyline in the middle of the episode. But there's 14 more right. minutes that I can kind of safely say are just uh, the writers going, all right, we got to tie up a bunch of loose ends and just talk about it. So let's just go through this and we'll have to add right. this storyline and we have to take away this storyline. So just real quick, it's Livia gets caught. Uh, Tony gets arrested. Tony gets out. Melfi gets real with Tony. Meadow gets a degree. Uh, Chris gets his button and uh, David Scatino says goodbye. That's basically all of the things that happen. So Tony gets in trouble after Livia gets caught with the tickets Uh and then he gets bailed out. So, you know, he's arrested in front of Meadow, which sucks for Meadow right before her graduation. But Carm and Meadow have a conversation that's just like, I like Meadow how she's pissed. Cool she's like, before my, before my graduation? And it's like, he can't control yeah. when he's getting arrested. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. She, like, she does both. She does before my graduation. And she goes, he's my fucking father. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They fucking know. They don't fucking judge me. Yeah. They don't exactly. talk about my friends. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it was nice to see that Meadow was kind of like uh, it wouldn't take convincing for Meadow to understand that like this is a thing. Like it was nice that she was able to put that to rest, where she wasn't going to be like, "I wish my dad wasn't in the mafia." Like at this point, she's like, right. she gets it and she understands yeah. that this is a thing that's going to happen. Um, and uh, yeah. So in terms of my least favorite scene, I would have to say it's the the Melfi and Tony scene uh, at the end, the only actual real Melfi and Tony scene, because the other Melfi and Tony scenes were all in, in dream sequences. But this one, uh, it was strange because it was just like uh, Melfi kind of getting real with Tony about like, Tony gets in there and he's like sad because of the fact that he's been arrested and he might actually, this is a big crime he might go to prison because of this. It's mm -hmm. like part of a, if it's part of a Rico case, like Rico, it's a bad thing. Yeah. And then instead yeah. Melfi kind of goes like, but there's something deeper going on here. And I was just, 
I was annoyed with it because I was like, okay, we know that there well, is something like the deeper. Because the episode's already over by that point. You're like, all right. Yeah, the episode's already over, and I'm kind of just like, oh, God, I really don't want to get into this right now, Melfi. And right. I felt... Well, it's I David I Chase thinking once again that the psychoanalysis is the most interesting part of the show. Right, right. Right, 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 right. You're like, uh. Yeah, I was like, I I, I, I know. I, I don't need more of this. And and also, it was, I, I'm not going to say it was a bad scene because of the fact that uh, I felt like rather than being bad, it was a scene where I was just as annoyed with uh, as tony was with it because tony is also lost all patience for for melfi at this Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. he's just like i told you i might be getting arrested and you're trying to bring up other shit right now like can't i just have a thing an thing their sexual tension is at the height yeah right exactly also i'm hella horny and like you're pulling out all this sad stuff and she just keeps yeah. calling him sad. And so I'm I'm as annoyed as he is with Melfi in this yeah. scene. So in that way, it's kind of a good scene. But it is it is my least favorite. It was my most like, all right, all right, all right. Just, just uh, I'll see you in season yeah, three. See it. you in season yeah. three. Bye, Melfi. See you in season three. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, Lorraine Brocco was like, I demand another scene. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And not to say that she's not wonderful. And I enjoy Melfi's right. scenes. But it's like, yeah. yeah, I was done with it at that point. And then, you know. You have Meadows graduation and then you have um, a. Also, they filled all the shots with like shots. Of, like that was what I didn't. It was like, you guys could have just ended this. Or I think if it yeah. would have been filmed now, they would have, you know, because now people like HBO, all these networks, like they can get 45 minutes or an hour. But right. before it used to be like, you have to fill. You have to fill the whole time. time. Yeah. And right. like mm-hmm. a bunch of it was just like. Yeah, right. Photos. Exactly. Photos. Like, <laughs> it was very. Tony was even. I was like. Why is this still happening? Yeah, it ends with a montage, uh, <laughs> musical montage, which is something the Sopranos do a lot in terms of like season yeah. enders. They love their musical montage mm-hmm. endings where they're kind of like, remember, well, you remember earlier the Jewish guy? Well, oh, but do you also remember Davis Gattino? But do you remember? It's like, yeah, we remember. We remember. I mean, I just was like, remember. Yeah. And it was, you know, again, that Rolling Stone song, waiting for a call, waiting for a call from you. And I'm, I'm like, you know, not in love with that song. So it was an episode that ended about three quarters in. Um, but uh, still, those like they could have squeezed that into a shorter montage. I think I agree. like I get it. I like agree. you tried to wrap up all the things at the end of the season. Everybody's you know you show right. where everybody's at. Like oh, Meadows yeah. graduating. That shit was long. Chrissy's getting his button, but they like yeah. devoted like five minutes to each one. And you're like yeah, yeah they, all right. They they just did some scatter shot. Uh, you know, loose ends tying that I feel right. like is you know. Something that they stopped doing, I think, and as the show improves, I mean, yeah. it just gets better and better. It's just it's the best show. So the earlier seasons, you do notice little things that they probably wouldn't have done. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, all in all, I fucking it's I love the episode and I love the season. I got to say it's a great season. It's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a all- good one. The arc, the arc of it all, the the relationship with like. I mean, it was interesting because, you know, it's the first time we see Junior in a while. Yeah. And he's like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Amela's going to kill you. And yeah. there's like, you know, there's like some, it's, it's a, I mean, the, season two is probably one of the, I mean, that was probably what got me really hooked. Yeah. When I originally watched it. Because it was like season one gets you on the concept, gets you on yeah. the things. Mm-hmm. And season two, you're just like hit with everything. The yeah. family stuff. The, the like, you know, Melfi. Yeah. The, 
every like it just all it makes it puts the layers to it yeah yeah in yeah, a yeah, way for sure. that like season one couldn't do because it's the first season and you yeah. just introduce characters yeah and so it's like it's a great season because you like you know but it was a, a interesting ending and i even thought like like i always the thing that always bugged me was when because i always remember like them rolling off big pussy off the off, off the boat yeah but the whole time i was i was always like that doesn't look like a big pussy in that bag. Like, yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that looks like a mannequin. Yeah, like, big pussy is way oh, bigger what, than what that. What bugged me is like, well, first of all, what are they going to do with that boat? Are they going to burn it? Because there's a bunch of evidence on that boat right. now. And secondly, right. like they went to big pussy's house to pick him up like while his wife was right. there. And then she shows up in the next scene and she's like, I don't know where he is. I where could big right. where could Sal be? And it's like they just said they were gonna take your husband out on a boat. What do you think happened? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, that's how Fredo was killed in Godfather. And there's <laughs> yeah. there's no way you don't know what's happening there. Um, right. But also, there's part of me that knows that Ange is like number one. She's not gonna say shit, and number two, she's low key happy about it because you know her and Sal's relationship. Oh, yeah, she wanted to was, get a divorce anyway. She wanted to get a divorce anyways. But um, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just, let's see what else. What else we got to talk oh, about? Oh, we're done. We're done. I think. We I got, think we're we, done we too. We killed it. We crushed it. I think. I think we crushed this episode. And you know what? I'm gonna say we crushed this season. But yeah, uh, you know, all in all, great season. Um, Nalini, thank you so much for coming uh, on the podcast. Thank you for having me, and hopefully, I can be back. I, I really want to. There's one oh, episode. Anytime. I'll tell you later that I really want to be back for because that was my favorite okay yeah no we would love to, we would love to have you back yeah we uh especially since uh most of our guests uh i think know nothing about the area in which sopranos takes place you're the first one who's oh, been I'll able to be like is like this is exactly where it was filmed i mean other than you know we've had like uh the you know like alan Seppenwall who like reviews everything but he's more no- knows about it because he's a nerd you know, you're actually cool as shit. <laughs> wow. Not, not, not nerdy <laughs> like Alan fucking Seppenwall. <laughs> right under the bus. Oh, I remember. Nah. I remember. like, that's Asbury Park. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Right. You wouldn't know that shit. Alan, no, I'm just kidding. Alan Seppenwall <laughs> rules. Uh, cool, thank cool. Thank you all for having me. This yeah, is amazing. I thanks, love this. No, thanks thank so much for coming on. Uh, you know, email us at fraudcast at gmail.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash fraudcast for all of the bonus episodes of uh, our normal show, The Frogcast, in which we talk about everything, movies, television, all that stuff. Uh, Vince, what's the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thanks so much for liking us, uh, and giving us you know five stars and a review on iTunes, which I assume you did. Uh, and until next season, don't stop believing. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.